This episode is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. All right, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Universal Radio Network with Omid and DJ Kennedy. Like I said, I'm sticking to that name. For those of you that know me formally, it's Kenny Buller. And we're here today on the Full Switch series. And for those of you who are tuning in and want to be aware of what we're talking about on our Friday night show is, you know, we welcome aboard as we lead you through key tips on how to survive, thrive, and keep the good vibes alive in your life and your business. So it's the year 2022 and it's ripe with opportunity. So we wish to feed leaders of today with the type of banter that it will enhance your discipline, grow your emotional intelligence, and provide you with enlightened perspectives on ways you could become your best possible self. So I'm here with Omid, and today we've got a hot debate on the show to talk about. You know, for those of you um, that want to know a little bit more about my background between Omid and I is I have a background where I've worked for a lot of um, corporate-ass companies and Omid has went the route of working um, as an entrepreneur, you know, working for himself, grinding it out, you know, being being that uh, person who's making all the decisions himself. And uh, as you could kind of tell with the way I'm positioning that, we are going to have a hot debate on which one is more favorable, less stressful for someone um, who wants to feel like they have some level of ownership and uh, be able to allow their creativity to unfold in a way where um, it sh- is showcased in the projects they do. So, um, Omid, tell me, man, you know, you're all about entrepreneurship, man. And I want you to kind of start us off by giving our audience a little bit of an understanding of like what is entrepreneurship and and the difference of that between entrepreneurship, which is something that I really care about. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to, you know, read a definition from the dictionary. Um, so an entrepreneur is one who organizes, manages, and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise. And an entrepreneur is uh, a corporate executive who develops new enterprises within the corporation. So I think the difference personally, just to kind of sum it up, is I think the difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur will take all the risks and be um, and is willing to put themselves in uncertain uh, positions, right? Because it's uncertain, right? With an entrepreneur, you're within an organization that's already established. Um, you have a safety net. You have that paycheck that comes in every, you know, biweekly or however you get paid. And an entrepreneur doesn't know when his next meal is. You know, you got to be continually hunting. And um, even as an established corporation, you still have to be aware. And the person who's at the very top is the one who has to implement and execute at the end of the day and has to make sure that their organization is doing the same. So I think that is a pretty good definition. And I think that's where we can start off. Well, I mean, you know, that's just it, right? Is when you are from a debating perspective here, when you are someone who is working for an existing company, I would say that the benefits that come with that is you have existing structure, you have existing systems, you have an existing process to follow that has been proven to work and you need to follow suit with that now, right? So when you are in the role as an entrepreneur, it allows you to go off of something that gives you the chance to, let's say, go about something without going about it blindly. There's less anxiety with that. There's this element of feeling like, you know what? Show me how I need to do this job and I'm now gonna add my personality to it. You know, that's something that I know a lot of people look at this and from like a corporate um, perspective, right? When you work for a big company, a lot of people, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, feel like once you go in the corporate world, you become a robot. You know, and I tell my team all the time, I work at Good Life. I've worked at Edmonton Journal. I've worked for TELUS. I've worked for these big corporate-esque beasts. And I'll be honest, yes, if you let these companies 
turn you into a robot. Maybe it can happen. However, if you look at it in this sense, Omid, where I'm going to take the processes and systems and structures I just mentioned, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add my personality to it. Because all of that I mentioned, structure-wise, it's telling me what I need to know. Now, how I go about it is my personality. And that's where I feel like that's a, that's a weapon of mass destruction when it comes to gaining profits, when it comes to making a difference in people's lives. Because we're living in a world in 2022 now where so many people care so much about, wait, who are you? What do you represent? Um, how, how are you? Um, what have you done in the past? Who have you worked with? Right? So all of a sudden, when you're a Joe Schmo and you attach your name to a big reputable company, that has merit, that has value, that has um that, that has a certain level of um success attached to it that helps you get in the door in the first place. Because someone goes, Hey, guess who just knocked on our door? Someone from Good Life, as opposed to someone who's just a rando personal trainer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I, I think even before we, you know, get into the 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 differences between intrapreneur and entrepreneur, I think first off, you got to understand who you are as a person, right? And I feel like if you don't know what you want to, how you want to create your wealth, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to build something, you know, you obviously want to build wealth for yourself at the same time. You obviously want to take care of yourself. You obviously want, um, not just that your idea is impactful, whether that's in an organization or whether it's on your own, but you still want to be able to take care of yourself, right? So I think that whether you are an inventor or whether you are a entrepreneur or entrepreneur or uh, investor, you know, you got to decide what, how you want to build that wealth. And there is no right or wrong. It just depends on what path you want to take. And I feel like in this day and age, entrepreneurship is very glamorized, right? With all these guys that are popping up on YouTube and our socials that they they run their own ship, they do these things, they do that. And, um, you know, it is cool. It is a cool idea to be your own boss, to have your own ship, to have your own employees, to have these things that are yours. But... A lot of the entrepreneurs that we don't see online or out there, a lot of them fail. You know, if you look at the statistics from a business perspective, a lot of businesses fail within their first year. You don't see those entrepreneurs on YouTube. You don't see those entrepreneurs on social media saying, hey, look at me. I got this business or that business. Maybe, maybe, maybe some are, but you don't see that. A lot of ideas fail before they're even, um, you know, created. So I feel like, can you take that, that comes with that, right? Can you take the uncertainty? Can you take the time that it takes to even build a foundation for, um, for a successful business or even something that is maybe even remotely successful? You know what I mean? So I think, I think from an entrepreneurship perspective, entrepreneurship is very glamorized and, and it's not for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody. In fact, I think entrepreneurship is a great segue into entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? So if you're at a position um, in a corporation that allows you to grow, that allows you to have some flexibility, whether it's with your schedule or allows you to learn on the side or is paying for your education, I think that is beautiful. Like I worked for a marketing agency for almost three years. I had no idea of the corporate marketing space before that. I knew my videos and I had a little bit of a video production skill. I was brought in to build that video department. And on top of that, what I learned was how a marketing agency runs on a day-to-day. And I realized quite quickly that video is just one aspect one aspect of marketing and there's all these other aspects of marketing seo you know print uh, billboards um digital uh digital ads and i got exposed to that and i think 
that allowed me, it, it definitely elevated my level of um, thinking um, as an inch, well, I guess as an entrepreneur in the marketing agency to be like, okay, like I can take this and see, okay, how is this business running? How is the, uh, the CEO running this business? What can I do to absorb the information that they're using that's working for them that I can implement into my own business? And one of those things actually, just to give you guys a simple example was, um, organization with files. And before that I had no, nothing that organized my files online. I know how simple that is. And people might say, oh, well, that's just a simple thing. But when you have a ton of clients, you can't be disorganized. Your contracts have to be, you know, in a certain place, your invoices, um, your video files, your, your collateral that you create for these, for these businesses. And when I, when I came into that, I realized all this, you know, the, the cloud that they were using and all these files that they were using, um, and how organized it was. And I, and I really took that to heart and those little things, those little systems, if you will, allow you to now start scaling, allow you to start building little, um, little areas of your business that allow you to now scale and think about bigger problems. Because if you don't have those systems in place, now all of a sudden you are scrambling to find that contract or scrambling to find that invoice and time is lost, energy is lost. And with big corporations, they've figured it out. A good life has figured out a system that works, a system that allows them to scale. So all they have to do is take that blueprint and implement it into their personal trainers, into, into their managers. And it's just a curriculum and they just funnel people in, build them up. And, 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 and it's just with every other successful corporation, they do the same thing. So, um, yeah. Wow. When you say all that, let's start off from the beginning. And I've got a beautiful song for everybody to internalize a little bit on their drive to their evening dinner plans or in their workout they're currently doing, tuning into our station, wherever they are. I think it's really important with the point that Omid just shared is you have to figure out who you are. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least, and Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to ab.bluecross.ca. Now, back to the Second Floor Podcast. All right, we're back. And for those of you who are tuning in, right now we're talking about the nice debate between entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. And you know, with that point you just made, Omid, I find that the more someone wants to grasp the idea of being an entrepreneur, you you said it with uh, you said it with such a good example in which you were in, where it's like you didn't realize at the time when you were just focusing on video as a go-to marketing source that from talking to other businesses, the importance of several other ways. Of, of marketing. And then now when you look and see how you positioned yourself um, with the work you do is you, you've you taken the liberty, you've taken the time and, and you've taken a certain level of education you needed to, to educate yourself in all of these different ways. And now you then from a scaling perspective have found a way to, to offer all of that to everyone. So I think what's important here as people have listened to the song and are navigating the concept of knowing who they are is know how much of one thing you want to spend your time doing in your job. How much variety do you want to have? How much, let's just say, control of decision-making and changes do you want to have, right? So if you're just doing this entrepreneurial venture for the sake of telling people that you run a business because it helps boost your ego, well, don't do that, right? And a lot of what was coming to mind for me was recognizing that with my role, 
I'm someone who does like a variety of different things. I like to train people one-on-one. -on -one. I like to be the first person to show someone the potential of what personal training is like. I like to lead a team of personal trainers and show them the value of certain educational requirements they need and how they need to improve their sales skills. Okay, so now here's the thing though. Could I do all of that as an entrepreneur? Yes, I can. But the cushion that entrepreneurship gives me is it gives me an existing model and framework that works with a company that already has a big enough name where people are gonna come in. They're knocking on my door, I'm not knocking on theirs. And I'm talking about from a leading a team perspective. As an entrepreneur, if I called it Kenny Life Fitness, who's gonna apply at Kenny Life Fitness compared to Good Life Fitness? Okay, let's just face it, more people are gonna go towards Good Life because of the reputation doesn't mean people won't apply a mine. It's just there's a certain level of legwork that I, right now in my life, I'm not willing to do. I, I, I like the idea of having the control and decision-making and the ability to lead my team, but it's under a reputable name. So why I share that is I want our listeners to understand that, you know, it's okay to decide which point you want to be. You might be someone who is such an expert at one particular aspect of marketing. It may be digital marketing. Okay, so do you need to be the chief marketing officer for you to know everything else? No, but can you be the director of digital marketing for whichever company you want to rep? Now that's a different story. So I think from money aside, ego aside, just really know what it comes down to ultimately is what am I doing? What what am I spending my time doing? Yeah. If I was someone, Omid, that dis, like, disliked the idea of onboarding new trainers, yeah. And I didn't like the idea of constantly, and now I'm kind of kind of playing devil's advocate for my own example. If I dislike constantly bringing in a new, uh, let's just say roster of personal trainers, and I didn't like the idea of teaching people essentially the same thing. Okay, well, why would I do my current role? Right? That's a big part of the job. But to be honest, I love that aspect. I love seeing the growth that someone makes on my team that I'm leading from their first doubt, the sense of doubt they have to three months in, they've got six clients. They're over the moon about how sales doesn't feel like sales. It's just a certain level of service. But there's that level of like, you know, X-Men, like, um, pardon my ability to remember the name, but the, the head guy, I don't know. Do you know his name? Professor? Yeah. Professor, man. Yeah. I feel like professor. I'm in the back right? I'm just moving some pieces together and I'm getting my superheroes ready, man. Yeah. But I, I learned that I love that, yeah. right? Because there's a certain, of course, huge level of contribution to it, but it's enough where the person is shining and they, they deserve that level of spotlight because I'm all about maximizing that potential this person has. Yeah. And I'm just going to put it this way is ultimately, whether you're an entrepreneur or entrepreneur, what we're naturally talking about here is, you know, how you can um, manage to enjoy leading a fulfilling career in whatever you do is pay attention to the time in which you're spending in the job. Never mind the 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 job title. Never mind your degree you had or educational background matching the the requirements you're looking for. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. if I can look at that. Am I going to enjoy it? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, uh, you know, I'm going to piggyback off that idea is because that when you have something that you love to do or that you're engaged in, you know, with being within the organization, I think that's better than maybe potentially doing your own thing. And the reason I say that is because when you do your own thing, it doesn't just come with the thing that you're doing. It comes with everything else that a business entails. It comes with accounting, it comes with contracts, it comes with marketing, it comes with selling, it comes with all these aspects that you might not, A, you might not be good at, but B, you might hate, you might absolutely just despise doing admin work, right? And not saying that your role doesn't have maybe some of that as a manager and, and as, a, as someone who leads a team, but as a business owner, Everything rides on you. You can't lean on uh, an HR person or an accounting person or somebody who's in a specific realm and specializes in that, right? 
you have to learn that all yourself. And I learned that the hard way. I love making videos and I love being creative. And then the moment you start a, uh, start a corporation and you get your business license, well, you got to do your taxes and you got to remember to do your taxes, right? Or you got to remember to invoice a client and making and, and chase after that client. Some clients don't pay you on time. Some clients will pay you three, four months later. You might do a, a project today. They might not pay you three months from now. How do you, how do you work that? Whereas in a corporation, you know, you're going to get that paycheck at the end of the month. So how, how do you navigate that? Are you good? Are you a good person? Are you able to adapt? Are you able to learn that skill? And are you able to take it? Because if you just want to make videos or you just want to make photos or you just want to lead a team or you just want to be a personal trainer, then the entrepreneur route, entrepreneurship route is something that you might not be, maybe you might not be good at, but you might hate, you might actually hate your life doing it. So, and, 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 and the things that come with that is just, you just have to know who you are. If you understand, look, I've always wanted to start my own personal training business or want to start my own media business. I've always wanted to do that. I've always had that seed planted in my head. Then the idea of doing your taxes and going through the crap uh, that comes with um, the the downtimes, the uncertain times, you'll be able to get through that, right? Um, but if all you want to do is, again, personal train, create videos, um, and that's what you love to do, then maybe it's best to double down in an organization and 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 work your way and navigate your way through that. Yeah, and you know, when you're saying that, Omid, it reminds me of uh, someone who loves that one thing that they do. And if there is any company that's going to allow them to still do it while they're doing some of the similar line of work, um on the side and that perhaps is a, a fun way of looking at freelancing and being what they say a solopreneur and i feel like that's kind of like once again it's an in-betweener do you ever feel like just a number a digit a denominator a decimal another cog in the big bank machine waiting on hold online never on time and always on your dime like your worth is only calculated by your net worth. In a world full of numbers, it's nice to know there's a place where you're not one. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future. All right, and we're back on the Universal Radio Network. You're here with Full Switch with your host, Omid and DJ Kennedy, formerly known as Kenny Buller. And once everyone starts to get the hang of perhaps calling me DJ Kennedy, I'll let the whole Kenny Buller thing slide. But in the meantime, we'll say both. Um, you know, back to what we were talking about. We essentially kind of found a nice middle ground, right? Like if there's this stepping stone of entrepreneurship uh, and then jumping into entrepreneurship, there's, there's this unique concept of freelancing, of being a solopreneur. And I find that's, there's a lot of times people feel like, and I'm speaking from experience, I'm speaking from those that I went to business school with, I'm speaking with from a perspective of um, just a lot of hesitation people will have and feeling like everything needs to be done and figured out and the master plan and structure and process needs to almost be like this formula, like uh, like SpongeBob's Krabby Patty that is just fully finished and, and, and now it's gonna make you a fortune and it's gonna make you successful. No, what I think is have that mindset of a solopreneur. Start working for clients, right? Like start with one client. Have your job that you're working, whether it's related to the type of work you're doing or not, and just start putting yourself out there. Heck, work for free, right? Just start putting yourself out there and learn through the process of actually doing something for clients. Earlier, you brought up a great point. There's gonna be things that come up, right, Omid, where it's like, oh, I gotta send this contract. Oh, I have to send an invoice. Hi, I have to go back and forth on these emails. There's just this concept of, in my opinion, preparing for entrepreneurship that comes with a certain level of, you're only gonna learn as you do right? And when you're doing so, 
Start small. One client, two client. How does five clients feel? Whoa, five feels like a lot at once. Okay, I found I found my breaking point. And I talk about this with our trainers. Is I, I make them feel, Omid, like they're running their own business. I talk about that. I say, we're building your roster up. And sometimes they get the opportunity to start working with a certain amount of clients at once. And there's a timeline to it. It's like, okay, how many clients can you train at once within a two-week time period? There's going to be a point where you could do 10 to 15, no problem. But when you're just starting in this business, you start with four, okay, four different lives, four different times that you have to program for these lives, four different slots you have to train them, four different, um, let's just say, uh, opportunities to sit down with them and present what it's going to look like training with you long-term. That's a lot for some people. For others, it's like, okay, give me five, give me six, give me seven. So I, I, I take that as an example for others. If you are out there and you, you, you're getting the hang of taking photos, you're getting the hang of drawing paint or sorry, drawing art by painting, then okay, start with one thing, see how it is. Right, put that out there. Start with two, then go three, and then just find your bar that you're currently at. And then, if you found that bar, ask yourself, what is it that has caused me to not have one more? What what what's caused me to be stressed out here? Because it's going to be your biggest weakest link, right? It's going to be that thing that has caused you to go, ah, I'm overwhelmed with all this programming. Okay, what's caused me to be overwhelmed with knowing how to program for my clients? It's my lack of knowing more exercises. Okay, I've identified a problem. I don't know effective exercise selection for clients who are dealing with issues that are very unique to their to what they need solving for. And I know I'm getting really specific with all the training jargon, but what I'm trying to get at is you need to then figure out what's causing you to be at that. And ultimately, if you're making the dough and you're making the money that you need to be making, having five clients at one point in time for the month, and now you know you need to find another retainer of five the next month, then so be it. You found your baseline. But I find that super important. And you don't know how to help others or scale until you know how to work for yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it um, onto the entrepreneurship side and kind of take a little bit of a backing for that because you know, a perfect example in real life is uh, a guy named Steve Ballmer, the owner of the LA Clippers. He's worth $71 billion. Um, when he started in Microsoft, he wasn't Bill Gates. He was number number five in Microsoft, number f- uh, the fifth or sixth employee in Microsoft. And the guy's worth $70 billion, right? So that's just one example. Steve Wozniak is another example guy that started uh, Apple with Steve Jobs. He wasn't number one. He wasn't the entrepreneur. He wasn't the one that was risking it all and, you know, implementing his ideas. He was obviously implementing his ideas, but he um, he wasn't the guy. He wasn't number one. Steve Jobs was, right? Bill Gates was. And so I, I think from the example of that, you can still be extremely successful as an entrepreneur. Very, 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 very much so. Um, you just have to know what's what's that area, what's that thing that you want to build your wealth through? Is it being a solopreneur? Is it being a freelancer? There's many fle- freelancers right now on Fiverr who are making six figures off Fiverr, just slinging projects, you know? Um, do you want to be an investor one day? You know, do you want to be an inventor one day? Um, again, I bring these back just because that is something that you have to ask yourself. Once you know that, or once you decide, it's not that you can't transition into anything uh, other other realms, but now you have some clarity in terms of what you where your path is. And so, I think a lot of people will. Well, I have to work for myself because if I don't work for myself, then I'll, I'll never be successful. I won't be that you know, the man, you know, or the woman, or I won't have this or that, you know, I got to do it because all my homies are starting side hustles. And that's the thing. I feel like that comes from a lot of pressure that comes from what are my friends doing? What do my parents do? Especially immigrant families. Right. I say this from a perspective of those uh, that, sorry, that I come from one, right. I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I see how hard my parents hustled and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do now? Yeah. To get to their level. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's this trend going on that I wanted to bring up. It's called quiet overemployment. Ooh. This is something that I actually, I'm going to take because uh, Mr. Sean Canungo had posted a clip about this. And I thought this was really relevant to our, our topic today. So quiet overemployment is people who have like three, four, five, six jobs. They have their main job, but then they have all these other jobs. And um, there was a subreddit on Reddit that was talking about, there was this one guy who said he has like six jobs and he's making 1.2 million a year. But where's his life? So he's not, so basically he's not quitting his job, but he's got all these other things that he's doing in order to, you know, do what he needs to do, right? So I think it's interesting that that is, uh, is, is a trend. There's also another trend that's called quiet quitting. And so the idea here is, is you don't quit your job, but you don't put your entire effort into it. You're checked out. Yeah, you're checked out, <laughs> but you're still getting that paycheck. Why do is, I feel like both of those are married together? Yeah, I know, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it it's is. like if you're if you're quiet quitting. Sorry, what was the other one? Over oh, qu- quiet overemployment. Yeah, if you're quiet overemploying yourself, you have to be quiet quitting your your main gig. Oh, for sure. You can't like be you, putting, you can't you you must be the guy who decided to like do Uber Eats and you're driving Uber Eats while you got your Bluetooth connected doing conference calls. That's right. While you're also <laughs> like, you know, doing a podcast cuz that's your side gig. <laughs> like you've got so many things happening at once. That's the thing is it's interesting and and you know, Sean brought up the idea that this was this has been happening since the industrial revolution, right? Like people, you know, with factors of not being able to get paid enough so you're having to look for other side gigs to support yourself to support your income but it was just interesting that this has now become a quiet trend on the internet and i wanted to bring that up okay so you know what that tells me then is that tells me that some people are not willing to give up their lifestyle for um like they're not willing to give up their lifestyle so they choose to then overwork themselves to keep up with the demand of what their lifestyle brings. Correct. Right? So it goes back to, uh, let's just say I'm living in New York. Yeah, the right? hustle, cu- hustle culture. Yes, we are Universal Radio Network after all. So we might got some New Yorkers out there listening to us, right? But it's like, if I'm out there in New York and I have lived through the pandemic and now I'm trying to go back to save mode and grind mode and all my friends are going out with their jobs, but then I'm the friend that maybe makes 20, 30,000 less than my friends and I am also doing all these other jobs to just keep up with them. Okay, I need to do a lifestyle reality check, right? There might have been for far too long, many, far too many years or moments of my life where I've, I've tried so hard to keep up with everybody and now, Maybe as I enter a different stage in my life, I need to, to, to a degree, downsize when it's not really a normal time to downsize. Yeah. But like there's a, sometimes I just, I ask myself this question too, and I'm having long days of work, is I, I start realizing that I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it because of the fulfillment it gives me. So to others, it might look like you're overworking yourself, you're a workaholic, but it's like, okay, I'll only accept someone who is overworking if it's work that they're really passionate about. It just, what makes me sad is we're living in a time now where it's 2022 and people are still working so many endless jobs just to keep up with life. And don't get me wrong, there's some people who have to do that, right? Someone who's getting their PR, their permanent residency, someone who's just trying to like, you know, make a life for themselves as they move to a new country while they're still trying to send money back home. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not neglecting that, but I'm talking more so the people who are just working um, because they're all their money is just going to things that are just there to show off and, and just do so to show people that they're living a lavish life. That's what makes me upset. Well, I mean, Kudos to them if they want to live that, right? If they want the the nice vehicle or the the house or whatever the case. But it's I when mean, it's bending them backwards. That's all. Like, don't get me wrong. Go for it. But if it's bending them backwards, yeah, and they're they're pulling their hair out and they're stressed about it, yeah, then I have something to say about it. That's all. Yeah, and and I think <laughs> well, I also think that it also don't you think this kind of like comes with age? Like before, when you're young, 
like, well, I'm not saying we're old, we're kind of old, old, late 20s, <laughs> late 20s, my last year of uh, being, uh, being in my 20s. But um, I feel like in high school and, and kind of in university, you know, you're comparing yourself to your peers, right? And you want the things that your peers have, right? Mm. And I think even when, like, when I grew up, I grew up in a small town, St. Albert, right beside Edmonton. And St. Albert's got all rich kids. You know what I mean? And so all these kids in high school have these big trucks and they have customized rims on their cars and and they got the BMW and I'm and I'm driving the the $4000 Nissan Versa that my dad that my dad drives. So then what did you want to do? What did that what did that make well, you Well, of do? course, of course it makes you feel some type of way. You want to impress that girl, that brown girl in my class, that desi girl in my class. I can't <laughs> how she's she's rolling up in a BMW and I'm rolling up in a Versa. Yo, she's rolling up in her daddy's BMW. Well, yeah, exactly, but still, I'm rolling up in my daddy's Nissan Versa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, look at you now baby yeah. you're on top of the world baby you're on the radio right where's she at she's still in uni trying to finish her 8th year of university <laughs> 2 courses a semester Ramna slowly slowly right holy holy bro. holy holy that's a full switch bro so <laughs> yo we gotta lay down a track yeah no I just I can't help but com- you can't help but compare yourself especially when the disparity between your peers is so big especially when you see that um, you know, growing up in 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 an area with other, you know, people who are are rich and kids who have things, you know, and when you don't have things, of course, that makes you feel some type of way. So, I think maybe that's just like as you grow up, you realize that you know those things don't really matter. Um, you know, the materialistic things don't really matter in a sense, and 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 you realize that the more important things are, you know, the the things that actually. Um, are part of your life, you know, the thing that, you know, your family, the, you know, your, the, the work, the fulfillment, the, the, the creative projects you do, the businesses you create, those are the things that are, are, are more important than just the, the shiny, the shiny object, right? Yeah. It's crazy when you say that, because it brings me back to even like my adolescence and recognizing again, just based off of where and who I was surrounded by, you know, preppy junior high school, a time in life where there's just so much puberty happening and so much like of your 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 hormones and, and you just changing and you just wanting every decision you're making, you just want to impress somebody. Yep. Right? That girl you have a crush on, the your friends, you just want to make them laugh. Um, even to a degree like your teachers, you want them to like you. You just you want every single part of you to be liked. And it's so enhanced, right? And uh, I recall that too, man. I recall like just all of my money, um, my parents' money that I would just put towards designer clothing. And oh, if I could go back and switch that. I'd do a full switch on my my, my whole wardrobe. Yeah. I would go back and still shop at Old Navy. At Hardy. Right. Oh man, Ed Hardy, Crispy, <laughs> Crispy RJ, right? Uh, you know, True Religion. All this stuff that was just is so loud, right? Like so loud. But again, do you remember? Um, do you ever remember rocking that those outfits? Oh yeah. Yo, like I remember wearing it and just like feeling like a boss, right? But also just like, just like man, well, like it was such a trendy thing. And Honestly, I what those difference days. could it have really made? I, well, those were good. I, I miss the oversized and oversized, you know, shirts and pants. Yeah. And, I miss those days, man. And I and it's kinda of, kinda of coming back now. People are wearing a lot more oversized shirts and, and mm. pants and things like that. It's coming back. You know, you can see these trends that start to come back. It's it's hilarious. It is pretty unique. I'm to not gonna lie, as you know, um as 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 a straight male, I am paying more attention to what men are wearing now. I'm just I'm a little bit more hyper aware mm. of what Men around our age are choosing to wear, even men younger. I'm like just kind of trying to see what's in fashion or what's in style. And I just did a wardrobe switch recently. You know, I took away all my patterns, all of my clothes. As you know, Omid, I would wear everything that's very loud. But I find that uh, whatever your wardrobe is, and this is kind of, let's be honest, as off topic as this sounds, this is on topic, is if you're wanting to be a leader, 
in your respective industry and space, or you're someone who wants to run a business, what are you wearing and how are you wearing it to be a representative in that? Something I think is a great example here is real estate agents, right? If you're a realtor and you're not dressing up everywhere you go, you are doing yourself an incredible injustice, right? What happens when you constantly get a haircut and look like dressed to the nines? People notice it, right? People go, oh, you look dressed. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going and doing a showing. Oh, a showing. Cool. Yeah, you know, I happen to be a realtor in the area. If there's ever anything you need, you let me know. Here's my card. Boom. That happened from dressing nice. Right? Absolutely. But there's something to say about that. You're in the videography business. You're in you're in the creative content business. You better have a camera strapped around your neck everywhere you go. Right? You better be prepared to take photos of people if they're, of course, you ask for their permission. But I mean, what I'm trying to get at is like, whatever you do, accessorize in that. Right? And I like that. And I think this comes to a, another segue, which I wanted to kind of go into, is I want to ask you a couple questions, Kenny. And mm-hmm. give you some scenarios and see what you think. All right, I'm especially, on the hot seat. Especially on the topic of entrepreneur, entrepreneur. So I guess we'll start off with a simple one. Would you ever become an entrepreneur? 100%. I have. I have aspirations. Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> My bad. I have, uh, yeah, 100% aspirations to wanting to do so. Um, you know, I'll lay it down right now. Manifest and putting out there is, you know, everything that I'm doing, I want it to eventually lead to me running my own um, fully serviced mixed martial arts, jujitsu, and kickboxing studio inside of a commercial gym space. Okay, I'm glad that you said that. Now I'm gonna give you scenario B. Mm. If you were making seven or eight figures in a company, would you go off and risk it all on your own? Yep, You'd I would let it. it go. I would do it because I'm gonna go back off the merit of. What is what is my time? But you're happy in your role though too. You're content. Mm. So you're not it's not like you're making seven or eight figures and you're unhappy. You're content. You like the job. There's nothing wrong with the job. In fact, you got things are flowing. You're in the flow stage, you know? As I don't know if Sadhguru says that. I think Mark Mark Kumar says that. Yep. Um you're in the flow state, right? You everything's going well, you're fine, but if you leave this, there's no going back. But you're going into your own thing. So, yes, it? ultimately my own thing needs to happen. Yep, that's that is a that is that by birthright. Okay, that is well, like I mean I am, that that was a very confident uh, yes. So that's good. Yep, like I would uh, do myself an incredible disservice by having seven to eight figure income for another person when everything I've been building myself towards. And everything I believe in is to ultimately take the leap when you feel like you're ready um, and when you're constantly wanting to improve. I feel like um, I know in my own humble opinion that there's a ceiling that you will reach working for another person. It may take some people longer or shorter periods of time, but when you're truly on your own, there's no ceiling. There's a certain level of uh, uncomfortableness that I feel like I will thrive in. It's why I constantly like to switch things up, right? That's why we call this the full switch program, baby. Exactly. And um, yeah, it is my birthright. Okay. I I would most certainly um, would need to do it. And if I didn't, uh, and if I never do, and I am 70 years old, then you tell me I failed. Okay. I I didn't pursue my passion. When we're 70 and we're still running Universal Radio... Uh, full switch program on Universal Radio, then we'll, hey, we'll bring everybody. it <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, Okay, I think one last thing I want to ask, and I think this would be a good segue to wrap up and, and we'll wrap it up with some some final comments. No, I want to ask you questions after too, if oh, we okay. have time. Okay, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, so uh, another question for you. How much luck is involved on both ends? So as an entrepreneur... You have obviously a ton of experience in this. How much luck is involved to get into the position that you're in right now? And how much luck is involved for an entrepreneur? And maybe I can answer that, but 
as an entrepreneur, how, how, how much luck is involved to being successful, to getting to a certain point of success? I'm going to answer this in both ways. I feel like luck gets confused for timing. Very much so. Oh, I like that. Yep. You are taking, not you, but anyone rather, looks at luck like it's a magical genie that is just something you don't see that is all of a sudden bestowing upon you um, what has happened, which is something that's a fruitful opportunity for you to capitalize on. I'm sorry, that's not luck. That is timing. Um, so from what I do, it has been truthfully what I've always subconsciously invested in is relationships. What I have been told by my parents and what I truly even believe in is never burn bridges. I'm not saying I do this for opportunities to arise to me. I'm just saying that when you treat people how they deserve to be treated, when you actually make people feel noticed and recognized, and there comes a time in your life where you are stuck, you need help, you're in a pickle. What if that person that you treated is a part of something or has a huge amount of say in something that is going to help you get out of that situation you're in? Yeah. It's a cliche saying, it's not who you know. Sorry. It's not what you know. It's who you know. I'm going to change that. It is what you know, and it's who you know. Oh, I like that. And both of those things matter, because let's be honest. If it's up to someone else who I've built a good relationship with, who is going to allow me to get to the next level and take things up a notch in my respective career or takes a chance on me in an entrepreneurial venture, maybe they're like, I'd be your client. Maybe it's simple as that. Hey, I respect you, Kenny. You're getting into personal training? I'll be your client. I remember when I got into the personal training industry, 99% of the people that became my clients were people that I chose to invest a relationship in with, or I chose to just give them the time of day through our podcast, through the radio show, through um, just overall getting to know them, listening to them. And then when it came to a time where I was ready to start an entrepreneurial venture, they literally would, were just like, I'm just doing this to support you, man. I'm just getting the added benefit of training. But the fact that you're doing it, I think is so cool. So how much is it? Yeah. You know, so what, what I'm really trying to get at is recognize that invest in those relationships, but what are you doing in your own spare time? Are you actually getting good enough to offer this as a service? So when it comes down to the person that's vouching for you and saying, hey, you're worth the interview. That's what happened to me at Good Life. That's what happened to me in many other cases. Someone's like, yeah, I see what you're doing. I see how you approach me and how you make me feel. I'm sure that's going to resonate with what you're saying you do research in and and uh, how you make others feel. Let's, let, let's get you that interview. When I get asked questions in that interview, am I going to make a fool out of myself? You know, are they going to be like, yo, who, who is this guy? Why'd you bring him? He doesn't know jack all. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a second. He knows his stuff and he knows the right people to help him get to where he needs to go in life. I love that, man. I love that. And I, I, I agree with every, everything you just said there. It is, it is both. It, it's not just one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we're turning the tables after Omid just enlightened us on some great questions and um, I provided some insight. I want to pick your brain, Omid, on, you know, what has been, you could answer which, whichever one first, because we'd love to know the answer of both. What's been the biggest reward that you feel like you've gained personally as a human being since you became an entrepreneur? And what has been um, the biggest risk you've taken as an entrepreneur that has led to just the biggest defeat? Mm. And another risk you took that led to like, yo, if I didn't do this, can't imagine what would have happened. So like something that was really fruitful, really advantageous. Right. So getting into risk and good risk you took, a bad risk. Right. And on the other side is the reward. The reward. What's oh. been the biggest reward as a human, not a financial reward, 
but as a human being, the biggest reward you've gained as a human? I think the biggest reward as a human being that I've learned from my entrepreneurial journey um, is knowledge is power. You know, knowledge really is as cliche as that sounds. Knowledge is, is it's created so much power in my life. It's allowed me to um, pull myself in a position of security, if you will, out of taking myself out of insecurity, taking myself out of the, um, the quicksand uh, uh, from my feet. Um, you know, I look back now and sometimes I will, you know, I'll go into a drive through, right? If I'm, you know, going to, you know, uh, you know, let's just say uh, Popeye's or, or KFC. And when I was 13 years old, I got my first job at KFC, KFC Taco Bell. And, um, you know, I look back and I, sometimes I'll go and get food and I'll look back and I'll think about those times of how I was working that crappy job. And I remember that I was so naive that if I knew what I know now, what that, would you know, it would have been crazy. And I look back and I'm like, wow, like the pursuit of trying to learn different aspects of business and different aspects uh, of of what to do in scenarios with other human beings, the do's, the don'ts, the failures, the, the embarrassments, you know, um, whether on stage publicly or not on stage in, 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 in corporate boardrooms where I've completely just crapped the bed, if you will, right? Um, completely just, just broken down. All those experiences, all those hard hitting, like you're getting hit with a brick wall, all those have now led to me being to where I am now and all that learning, I look back and I'm like, man, if I knew that back then, my life would, you know, I mean, obviously be completely different or maybe accelerate my life a little bit. But now knowing those things and understanding those lessons, it allows me to be very grateful for the position I'm in. And I constantly think about learning and I constantly think about what other knowledge, the things that I want to get to, to the next level that I don't know how to do, that I don't know how do I scale to 10, 20, 100 employees or um, how do you scale a, a podcast into making this big thing um, and, and having these other, other crazy ambitions? How do I use social media as a tool and all these things? That's the next level that I need to unlock. And I haven't figured that out yet. And it's just the knowledge, the intellect that I don't have right now. But it will come once I once I seek it out. And when I do, I'll unlock that level and I'll get to that next level. And then I'll look back at this level and be like, damn, 2022, I was there. Imagine if I knew what I know in 2026. Right. So these are that that would be probably the biggest. That's awesome. Because that's exactly what I was thinking is. You know, you're going to say the same thing about yourself in 2032. Yeah. You're going to go back and, you know, 39 year old woman's going to be like, ah, I wish what I know now is what I knew when I was sitting down with Kenny yeah. shooting that episode on, you know, the radio show. And it's it's something I think you'll really appreciate. 50 Cent made a really unique remark, and he actually strongly values Robert Greene, who wrote 48 Laws, Power, and many other um profound books on human nature 50 cents said I don't, he's like i love the way he said it he's like man this is the best advice i've ever received so like robert green said that it doesn't matter how much information you soak up you could be the guy from the day you wake up in the morning from the moment you go to sleep all day long you could be absorbing information you could be taking it in taking it in taking it in taking it in but that guy isn't going to go anywhere if he doesn't apply what he's learning. So 50 Cent goes, you need to all stop taking in all this information and thinking you're some smarty pants. You take in even half of it. You take in even a quarter of it or just whatever you're choosing to listen to or, or research. Take a moment to pause and go, what did I just learn? 
Yeah. And then apply it in your life and watch and see what happens. Yeah. Because he says the guy that even listens or takes in one tenth of that yeah. and applies it is far more of a wizard than the guy that constantly is just going out there learning stuff, but not choosing to restore that information. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, man. And that reminds me so much of what you said, where it's like, you've taken all these jobs you've been in, and since then, and what makes you where you're at today is because you've applied. You know, yeah, it's very absolutely. different from the job hopper, where the person that just keeps doing all these amazing things, things that I once did that you were concerned about. I'm like, Kenny, I'm just waiting for you to just stick to something. Instead of being the guy that says he's had... 20 jobs, jack of all trades, so to speak, you know, yeah. master of none. When in reality, once you know what you want to be a master in, how much are you applying that? Yeah. Then it changes, right? I mean, and, and I'll go back to what I said earlier in the, uh, in the program is, you know, the simple organization of your files, how much of an impact that has as I'm going along. And I realize that how important that is, as simple as that is, it has such a profound effect. It has such a ripple with everything else. And that's just one obviously simple idea. Organize your files. Mm. Organize your client files. Organize your invoices. Organize your contracts so that the people that you work with can easily access it. Your clients can access it. It's just like, a, I was like, oh my God, this is such a great way to do this. And I didn't know that had I not been uh, working for that company and taking that. Now I've applied that on obviously many other layers. Um, and it just, that that ripple just turns into a bigger ripple, so. 100%. And we're back with the final question with uh, Entrepreneur of the Decade, Oma Kaderi, you know what I'm saying? So uh, when it comes to rocking and rolling with the Q Films, uh, what's been, Omid, to end us off here, the biggest risk that you feel like you've taken that has worked so advantageously to, you know, moving things up for you and a risk you took that uh, actually, in fact, uh, made things uh, go backwards or you, you, you in a sense, regret? Uh, well, first risk is uh, trusting other people and creating a team. I think that was the biggest, the biggest thing that I did that had the biggest reward was finding good people to work with around me. And um the guys that i work with adriel wells i gotta shout these guys out kelsey matt um those are my guys and um at a certain point i had to learn to delegate tasks to them and be okay with how that result would turn out versus me having my hand dipped in to every single project now at a certain point my hands are still in the pot but I'm not doing all of the work. I have guys that I can trust. And once I was able to do that, well, now I can do more work, get more clients, do things. I, there's three of me. There's four of me, right? And and that, again, a simple concept. You know, I didn't go to business school. I don't have my MBA. And maybe these are some concepts that guys that have done um, the, those programs would say, oh, that's a simple concept. But as a person who out of sheer will, has created a business out of sheer trial and error and hitting my hitting my knees on the pavement and and, and falling falling down um, learning a, a business step by step that has been the most the biggest you know wow the biggest reward like hey if I just you know build this relationship with this person give them the trust and and trust them and they trust me then I don't have to worry about what happens at that video shoot. I don't have to worry about what happens with the editing process. Um, and obviously you vet the person and obviously you get, you know, you go through um, jobs together or you, 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 there's certain projects that test you. There's certain scenarios that test you and test, test the team. And you just see and if it's a right fit. If it's a right fit, you don't look back and you just, you let things work out the way that they work out. And, and then that way, the person who's running the ship, can look at more ideas down the road, can actually direct the ship to where you want it to go. So I think that was the biggest the, the biggest reward. And I guess on the flip side, yeah, just thinking about the, you know, the biggest risk that didn't pan out. I I don't have really anything that has been such a big risk that I've actually taken that hasn't really panned out. Um, I think I've taken myself out of scenarios that, 
you know, other people could look at as a failure, um, you know, um, you know, footage goes bad, you know, you, you film something, you film a project for a client, it's an event or it's a wedding and you bring back home the memory card and the memory card shot or you lose the memory card or the battery doesn't work while you're on a shoot and you have to pivot and you have to adapt. Um, those are probably the mini, I guess, failures, um, but nothing, nothing of big substance in terms of a big risk. I'm hoping that I can, I, I can, when I work on something else, maybe another project or something that's a little bit more, um, bigger and grand that that will come up so nice man well yeah. i think it's always a good thing you know when you share that any risks you've taken have ended up um well in your favor at the end of the day so that's happy to know um sorry i'm happy to know that that's worked um well for you and you know what this has come to a point in our episode where we're able to conclude and you know we'd like for all our listeners to recognize that we're going to be having a Q&A portion real soon where we could go back and forth with some of our audience members and you could call and ask questions live while we're in the show. And um, we just want to thank every single one uh, who's listening and who's, you know, taking in all this juicy, nice educational content on your Friday night. We hope it kickstarts your weekend off the right foot. So have fun and be safe this weekend. And, you know, feel free to follow us uh, on our personal respective pages, you know, at Q-A-S-H-U-S, Cassius for Omid and for me at Kenny Buller BJJ. And find us on the Universal Radio Network on all social media platforms. Connect with us. Let us know what you want to hear more of when it comes to inspiring, um, you know, future leaders of today. And uh, let's keep rolling. So, we hope everyone has a fantastic evening. We're headed out of the studio. You have a fantastic night. Thank you. That's a wrap. <laughs>